All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, I get it. We're day late, sorry, but it's here, and it's ready for you to take it all in. Got a great episode lined up here for you. We're going to review the Rhode Island game, the highs, the lows, the mediums, how we feeling, how we feeling. We're going to go into the attendance issues that were listed on our Twitter and Instagram earlier today. A little bit of a hot topic, very emotional about the subject. We're going to address it. We got a new award system. We'll go over that. A couple shout outs. Obviously going to answer the fans' questions and preview the Powder Puff Pansies are coming to town. So it's time to get after it. Enjoy. Apologies for the beginning. We had a little bit of a sound issue, but promise, rest assured, this will not be an issue moving forward. Everyone, enjoy. For there are six days until the return to tots, the excitement builds. And that, my friends, is here at Sons of Saturday, what we like to call a haiku poem. And for those of you who don't know, a haiku is a Japanese poem of 17 syllables in three lines of five, seven, and five, traditionally evoking images of the natural world. (laughs) Quite frankly, um, it does not get more natural than Top of the Stairs. That is a new segment that we are doing here called Hokey haikus, and that one comes from a very good friend of the podcast, Riley Wyant. Riley, thank you for that. That was absolutely beautiful. Big, Unbelievable. big round of applause there. Unbelievable. Un- nice Guys, how excited are we here? We're back again. We're consistent. We're on the same day. It's not 1030. It's Eastern and Pacific friendly. Um, just so before you guys are tweeting at us like, hey, I'm listening to this on Wednesday and Tots is Timestamp, Sunday, October 13th. 442, 32 seconds. That is the timestamp of this podcast. Where did we watch the football game? Grayson, chess pass. Where'd you watch it? <laughs> I watched the game, as per usual, at a bar in Culver City, California, called Joxer Daily's. It's a Virginia Tech bar out here. There was about 15 Hokies in attendance yesterday, and uh, it was a great time, man. Always is. That's, that's where I was. Pat, where were you, man? Yeah, I was... Uh... Actually chopped it up a little bit. I was riding back up to Northern Virginia uh, from Henrico, Virginia. Shout out RVA. Uh, yeah. I listened to the first half of the game with Lays and Burnup on the IMG Sports Radio Network. And then I enjoyed the second half from the lawn at the uh, Old Town Square at uh, in Fairfax City, Virginia. So we um, family got together went to a Bruce Springsteen cover band called Bruce in the USA. And uh, we were watching on our iPhones um, in the lawn. So, you know, multitasking, listening to Dancing in the Dark and watching Hendon Hooker throw a touchdown. So it was a, uh, it was a fun time. You know, usually I'd like to be in my armchair or at the game. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make do when you're playing an FCS opponent. So, uh, interesting, uh, interesting day yesterday. My buddy is in town. Steve Shanley was in town for his birthday and uh, ended up going to Athens to watch them play South Carolina. I'm like, dude, we'll get him hit, hit, uh, hit Athens, great town. Ask my buddy Pat if you need a, a, um, a referral. Um, drove on down, had a great time. Santa Maria family, again, with the unbelievable hospitality. Um, I have to say was not expecting, A, a good football game, and B, a South Carolina win in Athens. Uh, Unbelievable football game, unbelievable environment, unbelievable job by a true freshman quarterback to just come in and get the job done against the defense like like Georgia. I mean, come on. But um, so I didn't watch the game yesterday. I'm going to be completely honest. We uh, We hit a brewery right after. It had no TVs, obviously not preferentiary. Uh, I think that's the right word. And, um, preferential. 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 It's all good, man. Preferential. That is awesome. That's preferential. We're going to bring that, uh, that word on every show now. Preferentiary. <laughs> you heard it so, here first. So, Hendon and Hooker then, is my preferentiary quarterback. I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. I'm being attacked. I wasn't an English, I wasn't an English major, guys. Okay, come on. All right. I just got out of SEC country. You know, so fair. Okay, we'll fair. roll with preferentiary. Uh, now I can't even say that word right. Anyway, so I drank all the beers in Athens, hit Waffle House, 
and then I woke up, and well, I was scrolling Twitter, heard everybody was freaking out, and now I'm here. So I rewatched the game this morning. So you're going to get a very instantaneous reaction from me. Not like a, I haven't had a lot of time to chew on it, but I have uh, done enough to give you. Uh, we wouldn't bring you a half-ass uh, product here. So. Uh, definitely have some information and some some thoughts about the game. So, um, Grayson, let's talk about the game. Grayson, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? What stuck out to you when you were watching? Um, well, yesterday was uh, obviously we we won, and I'm I'm happy about that. But uh, I did notice a couple of things, um, and the 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 first thing that I noticed is that we are still struggling against these one double a FCS teams after coming off of a very impressive win against Miami, it's almost like we kind of regressed a little bit and played to the level of our opponent. We tend to do that a lot, no matter what game it is, but even after winning yesterday, it still wasn't satisfying to me. It wasn't a satisfying win. I like, I'm, I'm happy we won, but the defense, giving up even 17 points and letting them run slant routes all over us all day. I'm not in love with that, really. Um, I think that was my main gripe, is just, is just the overall defensive performance of yesterday. What, 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 do you, what did you guys see? Pat? I thought the offense was clicking. I thought Hendon was clicking. He's making smart decisions again. Had a pretty impressive stat line. Um, I know in the first quarter we scored on every possession except the last one. I know in the, or I'm sorry, the first half we scored on every possession except the last one. The second half, I think we scored on all but two, um, two or three possessions as well, and some of those were cut short due to drops that we had on offense. Uh, the offense was looking very good, and I don't even think we were showing our hand considering I think Phil Patterson was out, Trey Turner was out. Um, so, you know, a lot. I think we're going to see a lot more next week. But, um, yeah, I mean, agreed with Grayson as far as defense did not look great uh, at all. A lot of missed assignments. can't. A lot of big chunk plays. And, uh, you know, granted, you look, they only scored 17 points, but this is an FCS team we should be – either shutting them out or, you know, holding them to less than two touchdowns. Um, I, I, you know, I never thought we were going to give away our lead at any point, but it was just a little, you know, left, left a little bit to be desired as far as, um, you know, finishing some drives as well as on defense, just three and out or, you know, for some turnovers. Need to see more. What did you see, Bill? Pretty disappointing performance from the special teams. Um, you started the game right out of the gate inside the 15-yard line off of a kickoff. Uh, that wasn't awesome. Um, on more of a positive end, uh, I think we played together. I think Hooker did a, a great job again leading drives down the field. And Dax Hollyfield was playing with emotion, playing with excitement. Um, it didn't stand out crazy on the box score. But uh, it was good to see Dax Hollifield fl- flying around the uh, around him in the field. But coming away, won the football game, got a big game next week, kept the ball rolling. And I think, Pat, there is some truth to the fact that the offense was the offense was was clicking. It just wasn't getting to where they needed to get. It was one thing or another stopping those drives. And then on the defensive end, for the same thing as we'd get, they force a third down or would be in a fourth and short, and you're giving up a 20, 30 yard, uh, 20 or 30 yard play. So just some things that we really need to iron out. Um, in terms of the offense, um, what what did you guys think about the offense in general? Second week of Hendon Hooker, Grayson. I think uh, it seemed as if the play calling kind of regressed. I did. I mean, la- last week play calling, I had no complaints. We we were all over them. Dalton Keene had a huge week against Miami, but yesterday, I mean. There were there were some problems. We we for the third time this season I've seen us do this, and we were we it was like second and goal, and here we go, jet sweep. Tavion Robinson comes across the same way that 
I believe Trey Turner had done it two times prior, takes the ball out of Hooker's hand, Rhode Island's defensive line breaks right through and pops him like a zit. And the play is blown up immediately for like a five, six-yard loss. And I, I, that, I think that was the first most like frustrating thing about the offense. I'm like, why, why do we run the jet sweep on the goal line? Why, like, why, I, I don't understand it. Because if Rhode Island is watching their film and seeing that, then you're going to be damn sure that UNC is going to be watching that film and seeing that. They're going to be ready for it. Another thing that was, I don't know what's going on, guys. What's going on with Damon Hazleton? I hate to, I hate to single the kid out. I, I'm not. I love Damon. I think he's infuriatingly talented. But I think something is wrong with his confidence this season. I don't know if it's him coming back from the injury, but he had one too many drops yesterday and drops that weren't overthrown or or hard to catch balls. They were right in his hands, like. Three, he dropped the he dropped the one. Uh, it was it was going to be it was right in the end zone, and then he dropped the one right before halftime that was right, literally touched his hands, and he just gets gator arms, and I I don't know what's going on there. I I don't know if he's like nervous. It's like dude, you're a great receiver, Damon. You had like a whole foot on your defensive back. You're good, man. Just relax. I don't know, but going forward. He's got to be catching those balls. I, I agree with you. I think, I think yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. It was pretty frustrating to see that when you know, we have maybe a one or two score lead. Can really put this team away. And Hendon's really unleashing the deep ball um, you know, right before halftime and then in the third and fourth quarter. Just rolling uh, – you know, stepping back in the pocket and unleashing towards Hazleton. So that was good to see. And then, you know, a little more tight end involvement as well. Um, Dalton had a catcher too. James Mitchell had a catcher too. Uh, but I do want to say that, um, and I know someone had commented it um, on Twitter, how you know, Hendon was really only dishing it to Hazleton in the second half. He's got to find uh, connections with other receivers as well. I know Grimsley really didn't get thrown to that much yesterday. Um, and then Tavion Robinson, same thing. So, you know, would like to see that moving forward. But overall, you know, was pretty happy with the offensive performance aside from, you know, a jet sweep here and there that can completely derail a drive as well as, you know, a drop pass. You know what's crazy? Is that Hendon Hooker has not turned the ball over once. Hendon Hooker has not turned the ball over one time. And I want to weigh in on this, Grayson, before we get too far away from it. I, th- I don't think the Hazleton thing is a confidence issue. I think, now obviously we're, we all can agree, he's a great wide receiver. And obviously yesterday was a, a bad game for him, even though from a production standpoint uh, he put up some great numbers. But you have to understand this entire offense and every skill position, every skill player has gone through – you know, you're shifting quarterbacks in, you're shifting quarterbacks out. This is only week two of having Hendon Hooker throw the ball. So although these are although these are passes that he needs to be catching, there probably is a lot more figuring out and feeling out that's going on in terms across the team. So I think that might factor in too of just thinking too much and uh, maybe trying to do too much or not necessarily feeling as comfortable as he normally would. Um, so I think that could be something that's factoring in there. In terms of that's- the – go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think you're completely right. Go ahead and finish that thought. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, from watching the offense, a couple other things stuck out from me as well. Um, the Keyshawn King situation, I really want to understand. Um, I don't really understand how we're using him. Oh, well, I, I see how we're using him. I'm just kind of curious as what the thought process is. But with that being said, Keyshawn King is – you know, a broken tackle away, it seems like, two or three times a game from popping an 80-yarder 80, 80 or 50-yarder. The guy's got unbelievable uh, unbelievable talent, and he's going to get better every week. I also have to give a, a shout-out to McLeese, as we said. Um, that cast at, mis- at midfield was unbelievable. Oh, I was, yeah, again, that's sick. R- very, very confused at the play call. It was like first down at midfield, and we ran a reverse pass off a fumbled snap. So, But unbelievable play. But aside from that, to show McLeese – is always going to make the first guy miss. He's shifty. Uh, he's you can tell his teammates love him. He's a he's a leader in that locker room as well. 
He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry over the entire season, which is incredible. He's having a great year. Um, so he's been extremely productive as well. Dalton Keene, that dude rocks. James Mitchell, <laughs> he's awesome. Like the tight ends are awesome. Uh, I love that we're getting them involved more. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Hendon Hooker. Great point, uh, Grayson. Here's, here's what's sticking out to me. He's efficient. He's tough. He's smart. The two drives that we had that started inside the 15-yard line with the bad field position from kickoffs, he actually matriculated the ball down the field and had those drives lead into points. One was a field goal. Obviously, the you got to score in the, on the five-yard line versus an FCS school with first and t- with first and goal. You have to find a way to score. But then the other one, he matriculated the ball down the field. I think we started on like the eight or like the ten. But I think that's what we're missing. Like it was so frustrating watching Tech football early in the season because we'd have these drives and then you know it's a pick on the other team's thirty-five or the offense stalls or. Um, you know, he bring that brings that dynamic where he's able to pick up six or seven on a third on a third and five with his legs. So Hooker is doing a really good job nurturing these drives down the field. And I think that's the I I I love that. And that's the what I'm most excited about moving forward. Grayson, what about uh what about you? I it's funny, I was uh, I was actually talking to my dad on the phone yesterday after the game and he pointed something out to me and and I, I mean, granted, he told me this. I don't know if it's true. I believe it's true. Um, we had the ball. Every time we had the ball, we scored except once. We only punted the ball yesterday one time. And, you know, Oscar Bradburn, we love you. You're kick-ass. You're great. Um, but I think that's crazy. Like, the fact that if we, we only punted the ball one time yesterday um like that just shows how far we've come in two weeks time with having excuse me Hendon Hooker as our quarterback the offense is so much more efficient with him as the leader he's making these throws and people said that he couldn't throw um okay because (laughs) all right he's dropping dimes He's literally dropping dimes to these to these players. Whether or not the receivers choose to catch them or not is entirely their prerogative. I'm still bitter. I'm sorry, Hendon, or excuse me, Damon. I, I love you. I love you, man. You're great. But um, I'm excited. I really am. He's he's revitalized this offense in a way that I am excited about the season going forward. Because now with him, regardless of the way our defense has been playing, I think we have a shot in every game. Pat. Yeah. Aside from, uh, I mean, if you think about Virginia Tech football, you think, you know, offensively we run the football, but, you know, we also have that identity as having a mobile quarterback uh, who could create plays with his feet, move around the pocket, uh, tuck it and run. Henry's got a great arm. (laughs) He's putting it where only the receiver can catch it. And um, did you guys did you guys pick up on you know kind of uh, some Gerard Evans offense vibes yesterday from the game? Oh, of course. Yeah, like I was I was feeling that for the majority of the play calling. Um, you know, only only half shade red flags. It's not. It can't be that big of a deal, but. Um, I know he's had some issues with handling snaps here and there in the shotgun, but if you're lining up in the shotgun on the two-yard line, that's the issue in itself. I get it. It it went over his shoulder, but, you know, why are we not under center first and goal or third and goal or whatever? Um, Still, you know, an an issue that the entire fan base has uh, with the play calling, that and the jet sweeps. But overall, I'm I'm with you, G. I'm very excited I think we've got a lot of momentum. We got a quarterback who's two and zero as a starter, and uh, this Carolina game is going to tell us a lot about him and the future of our season. Grayson, at the top of the podcast, you um, you alluded to the fact, uh, or you spoke about the defense being frustrating, and um, I know you have some thoughts on the defense as a whole and kind of how the season has gone. Why don't you just kind of dive into that and tell us a little bit about what you're thinking? In terms of obviously this being Coach Foster's last season, obviously um, just not performing up to par up until this point. So, um, what are you seeing out of the defense? 
I will, uh, for the ever, forever until the end of time, I will always be the biggest Bud Foster advocate. He has done so much for our football program, and, and we all, Hokie Nation as a whole, are forever in his debt. But uh, it's tough for me to say, man. I, I, do, I do think it is time. Uh, and I think that you know, he wouldn't be retiring if, if he didn't know that. It seems that the game has caught up to him. And uh, his defenses the past two years have, have struggled. They're not the hornet's nest swarm defense that, that they once were. We, we have plenty of talent on our defense, but there are too many holes in it. Uh, too, too many big plays are, are given up on our end. Uh, and it's very frustrating when, when an FCS team is marching down the field and going to the same receiver 10,000 times, and you can't make an adjustment. You can't stop it. Um, I think, uh, Bill, you you said that Dax played with a lot of energy yesterday. I agree with that. But right now, Tisdale's playing better than he is. Um, I, I, I was getting a little frustrated, and, and again, not to single out any player. I was getting a little frustrated yesterday with, with our secondary. Jermaine Waller was struggling. Reggie Floyd was struggling. They were they were missing tackles. They were unaware of what was going on around them. And they just kind of looked confused. And and that just against an FCS team, that's that bothers me. That's like it's not okay. Um and, and even in the fact like last week against Miami, you, you allow them to catch up this 35-point margin. In one half, and it's I don't I don't know. I, I do think it is the denouement of Bud Foster, and it's time for some new blood there. It's I can't believe I cannot believe I'm saying that, but it's gotten to a point now where it's like it's very aggravating. I, I like I, I want to go back to 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 delivering a dozen box of donuts, you know, give me the shutouts all day. I shouldn't have to worry about old dominion hanging around with us because our defense can't stop them. I shouldn't have to worry about Rhode Island hanging with us. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And and I, I think, I think, uh, I think um, him moving on again was a decision where he was, where, where, you know, he's obviously gone down as one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of the game. Um, but I do think a little part of, of this also comes down to the fact that anybody that knows how zone, how a man defense works is it requires an incredible amount of discipline and trust in the system. And I think that's something that we're still building right now, playing as many young players as we are. Uh, I'm not I'm not discounting what you're saying. I'm just let's saying that could be a reason why the defense is struggling a little bit. Obviously, Quillen had a rough game yesterday. Um, but in terms of positives out of the defense, I think Di- I think Diablo kind of gets gets discounted. Divine Diablo is an extremely dynamic playmaker. Um, when he's on the f- everybody knows when he's on the field, he's gonna make inc- he's he's an incredible asset, and uh, he's really missed when he's not on the field, like in the Notre Dame game two years ago. Um, he's an unbelievable player, and you know it's great to have. Or one year ago, wow. Um, but love Diablo. Uh, he was great. Um, Dax, we already talked about Dax. Tisdale with two more TFLs, which was awesome. Um, they were able to hold Rhode Island to eight rushing yards in the first half, uh, which was great. The bad beats that I alluded to earlier have to stop. Um, the third and 19s to start the second quarter, um, we give up a, a, an explosive. The fourth and two, get we get fifth, we give up 15 uh, and then get beat over over the middle again uh, and give up inside leverage. So that was tough. That was tough, but. Um, you know, I think the team is getting better. It's just we have to cut out those explosive plays and those bad beats. Pat, what do you think? I completely agree. Um, I think, you know, we were expecting to see the first half Miami defense all day yesterday, forcing turnovers, bringing pressure. Um, and, you know, we didn't really see it because we had that undisciplined and that's where the youth was shining through. Um, but, you know, I, I love watching Tisdale fly around there. Um, Mike Burnup was calling him Tizzy, uh, Alan Tizzy Tisdale on the radio call, which was great. Um, but, yeah, like, 
you know, you're going to you're going to take your lumps with the young defense, but there are also, you know, no excuses for Reggie completely submarining that guy and getting ejected for tar- uh, for targeting. Like I didn't love that. Um, you know, you're supposed to be a leader on the defense, only senior on the defense, and you know, he's he's putting next week in danger. Um Tisdale was great. Dax was better yesterday. The uh the defensive line was pretty good. Um, but I I, I still think there's a lot of room to grow as well. I'm going to say I don't I don't I don't know if that was an egregious uh it was it was the right call and you obviously have to be smarter there. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I think you know, I don't think it was a mental mistake by Reggie as much as it was kind of being in a rough spot. I I do wonder what you'd want to do differently. I, I don't know. That whole rule, I mean, it's it's the right rule, uh you know, f- again, we always talk about it 6 years ago that's a good football play. Um but that obviously yep. that obviously hurts a ton. Um, losing your one starter on defense. So uh, moving forward, before we look into this UNC game and talk about that, um, you know, final thoughts on this game. You had to win the game. I, I wouldn't have been satisfied unless we, I was not going to walk away like that was awesome unless we won like 65 nothing. You know, like that's just that's just the way that it is. But we won the game. We got some great reps for some young players. I thought the offensive line did a great job making blocks down the field. I thought the defensive line was disruptive. Um, so those are the positives that, uh, that I'm walking away and the involvement of the tight ends. Again, I loved that. And Hendon Hooker, he's two for two. He's got two wins and we're undefeated since the Bud Foster onesie. So look, I don't know. I'm just Dalton Kane, Dalton Kane, just real quick. want to shout him out. I don't know if you guys saw, he ran some dude over yesterday, like child's play. Like, like, it's like it's like that Marshawn Lynch video where that guy's commentating, and I'm not going to repeat any of it because it's vastly inappropriate, um, <laughs> and and we have a very diverse audience. Um, but it's like get off me, child's play. It's like that what that guy says in that video. That's immediately what I thought of. It's like Dalton King just leads with his head and just trucks this guy, and I'm like, you're not. I mean, he's 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 achieved, in my opinion. Sam Rogers' status as just a complete badass. 100%. And, uh, Pat, one last thing. I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the game, but I'd also – uh, well, you wanted to address the attendance issue. And for those of you that didn't watch the game, um, I call a spade a spade here. It was, it was pretty sad to see the, the turnout, regardless of who we're playing um, I remember when I committed to Virginia Tech, we had a, I think it was like 80 or 88 games in a row of sellouts, and we still played Marshalls and ODUs and JMUs. We still played all those schools, and we were still selling it out. So, Pat, lifelong fan, uh, first give me your thoughts on just that attendance uh, attendance issue. You were fired up to talk about this, so. Oh, man. So, I get it. It's Rhode Island. You don't have a very strong schedule I mean, the home schedule's got your ODUs, Rhode Islands, uh, FCS after FCS with Furman. It's not fun. No one wants to see that. But, like, I'm going to call out the students here. Where are you going? You know, you've you've had all day to tailgate. It's a 3.30 or it's a 4 o'clock kick. You've had all day to tailgate. Enjoy your Saturday in Lane Stadium. I, I saw some people in the replies, but it's cold. It was cold out. Okay. Get a jacket. Mm. Um, okay, so we're not like what? What are you? What are you coming to the game to see? Are you coming to the game just to jump to enter Sandman and then leave? Why take your take VT whatever graduating class out of your Instagram bio if you're just going to come to the game and jump to enter Sandman? We're living in this in this world where the kids, the students, whatever. Y'all are all too focused on hitting your jewels and going to Center Street and missing the game and trying to do something that gets you on barstool sports. Tell them, tell them, <laughs> like, baby. Listen, tell them, baby. Listen, I get it. I don't like seeing Rhode Island either. You know, we we gave away those tickets because, um, you know, we didn't we didn't. I wasn't planning on going to the game, but I was still gonna watch. You know, if I if I lived in the close radius of Blacksburg, I'd I would have been there. But come on. You're making us look terrible on TV, for that matter. Like, stop making us look so bad on ESPN or the AC Network. Stay in your seat 
enjoy the game. Go get a turkey leg. You know, go get go to the Buffalo Wild Wings tent. Enjoy the moment. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. <clears throat> How about um, you support your team? I mean, that's really what team. it just comes down to. Support your team. Spend some time with your classmates. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we're not complaining. For me, I don't care about from a from a from a from a look bad, and it does look bad. I, no, I do care about about a look bad. But you're exactly right. Recruits what else are you don't like that? What else are you doing? What else are you doing? You could have saved a whole bunch of money and gone to a school where sports don't matter and you don't have something awesome like that. The fact of the matter is, if you're a four year student at Virginia Tech, you have 28 opportunities to go to games at home in Lane Stadium, and then you'll be going as a visitor. And that's also, just really what it comes down to. I know people are, you know, complaining about them kind of locking down the north end zone, making it, uh, you know, having more restrictions on getting in. You have to have a wristband or you have to have some specific uh, seat number. I don't know how it works. But I do know that if you want to watch the game, you're going to watch from anywhere. And if you're going to be if you're complaining about going to north end zone, you shouldn't be at the game anyway. Um, Agreed. I mean, it's like it's like as if north end zone is like a social event. Listen, like if if you're not yelling on third down and fourth down on defense, like what are you even doing in there? You know, back in back in the day, we didn't have to worry about any of that because the Hokie fans were smart. They they knew what was going on. They knew to be quiet on offense, loud on defense, and it's just changed a lot. I you know, I don't care about the whole north end zone problem. I I know it must be addressed in some way cuz that's what's going to get folks to go back in uh in the stadium but watch it in east i get it you might be separated from your friend group but like pick one person go sit your butt in east i'm sorry go stand in east and enjoy the game because you don't you don't get this forever it doesn't last forever you're going to be an alumni one day looking back at me like damn i definitely missed out because i thought it was cool not to go and i mean you think of nick saban calling out alabama students for leaving games in the fourth quarter because they're blowing them out, and he's saying, you guys are leaving early, it's because you don't want to be the best. You guys, everyone wants to be number one, but you you have this culture where you leave early. That's not what people who are destined to be number one are going to do. Shout out Nick Saban. Um, But yeah, I'm going to end my rant here. I don't know if you guys have any last thoughts about that. before. I got, dude, Pat, I'm your biggest hype man on this, man. You just got me so fired up. You know, it was really sad, guys, because I was in Jocks and Dailies yesterday, and there was a bunch of alumni in there, you know, people who had graduated in 09, people who had graduated in 05, people who had graduated in 2015, and we all had one thing in common, and that one thing was we all looked at the TV, and we saw the student section, and we're like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely pathetic. That is so piss-poor sad. That the students leave, not e- like not even the third quarter, bro. They're gone by halftime, and it's like Pat. To your point of, if you're not going to be yelling on third down, if you're not there to watch the game, don't show up, dog. Like this isn't a social. It's like when we were coming up, we were happy to just have a ticket to be in that stadium for the game against like Ohio State in 2016 or no, 2015. Excuse me, fall of 2015. People were happy to just be in there. Like, and now kids are, you're exactly right, hitting jewels. Oh, dude, let's go back to Center Street and uh, drink our White Claw. Bro, we don't even have White Claw. We didn't even have White Claw, dog. We were facing Burnett's. We didn't have that soft crap that you guys are drinking. White Claw is soft, all right? Wait, hold on, time out, time out, time out. Do you drink White Claw? Huh? Do you drink White Claw? Do I? No. No. Oh, I come do not. on, dude. You and don't I'm like White Claw? Oh, my God. This has gone off proud the rails. of it. Yeah, oh yeah. No. That's not the point. That's not the point. Bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. What I'm saying is, is get bright, get right, and get your butt in the stadium and stop complaining and stay till the end of the game and watch the Hokies win. All right? I agree. That's, that's, that's the point. I, as a white claw drinker, give you the stamp of approval with that sentence. That is, uh, that is an ex- uh, That was excellent. Look, and again, just to reiterate, just to reiterate, this is not. We don't need to sell out every game because I understand that's not the expectation right now. But if you're a student, the student section is not empty. That's it. So, um, go to games. Period. End of story. 
support your team. It's the coolest that, in my opinion, it's the coolest thing about Virginia Tech. If you're a student, your student life is going to a hockey game. I think we can all agree with that. So, just saying. Pat, we got a new award system here. Please let the fans and the listeners know about our new structure for game balls. We're done with game balls. Done with game balls. New system. Pat, what's the system? Yeah, I was here. I was hearing from some folks in the peanut gallery that we were giving out too many game balls last week and uh, you know all right i understand love the constructive feedback we went back to the drawing board said all right we're only going to give out a couple here and we're going to specialize them so we got our pride and joy our defensive special teams shout out coach beamer uh, and then we have the food crew which is the offense so we're, we're going to go around the horn here we're going to give out a game ball per se um, each of us will give out one to pride, joy, and special teams. So I'll kick it off here um, with defense. I <laughs> I know I sound like a broken record here, but my guy Alan Tisdale, a.k.a. Tizzy, shout out Mike Burnup, played another awesome game, uh, was in the backfield, was terrorizing uh, tight ends and receivers and uh, running backs, and just had an awesome day. So shout out Tizzy. We love you. And uh, we're ready to see you be an all-ACC linebacker here in the next uh, next few years. Word, bro. Go You're going to take, uh, take my damn uh, my pride award. That's cool, though. Uh, I'll double down on Tisdale. I'm going to uh, obviously Tizzy. Two ta- two, I'll double down on Tizzy. Two tackles, <laughs> two tackles for loss, a sack. Guy's just a stud stepping in there, playing, making plays. It's awesome. I love it. Pick a damn different pride guy next week because you stole mine. But you know what? We'll double down on Tizzy. You are the first two two in one week award winner for the Pride Award in week one. Congratulations, Grayson. For my Pride uh, Pride Award for the defense, I got to give it to Rook Ashby. I gave it to him last week. The kid is a baller. He's out there calling signals. He's the dude now. I, I really firmly believe that he is the best player on our defense. Uh, just out there, all over the field, causing problems. Doesn't miss tackles. Uh, makes his reads right. Um, had a great, great game yesterday. Uh, to, to get off the Tisdale train. No disrespect, Alan Tisdale. I think you're a great kid. But dadgum, Pat. And dadgum, Bill. Pick somebody <laughs> different. Wow. wow. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to Joey here. Um, so I'll kick it off here. And uh, pun intended, because the Joy Award is going to John Parker Romo on kickoff duty, newcomer to the team. I think he's uh, I think he's from Georgia, actually. Um, but yeah, John Parker Romo, you're getting our shout out because uh, we saw you quote tweet one of our tweets early this morning or yesterday, and uh, we quote tweeted you right back. I hope you're listening, JPR. And uh, actually, you know, John Parker Romo kind of reminds me of uh, John Parker Wilson, quarterback from Alabama in the mid 2000s. Uh, funny story john parker wilson once lost a game to louisiana louisiana monroe i think that bama team went five and seven or six and six but uh yeah shout out jpr you're uh, pat, you're getting the, pat, my joy award why do you know that like <laughs> only you would know something like that man so wait just you, know, what, you don't forget just, that just to confirm here so we're giving the the joy award to, is this a social media engagement award, or did he also kick the ball very well? What, what, what what's going on here? I didn't see him do anything that you know blew you warranted away. his coaches chewing him out. So I'm uh, I'm on board with his uh, performance this week. You know, there wasn't really any great individual special team performances. I should have prefaced with that. Um, so I'm going to give it to to my guy John Parker Romo. Fair. Fair. That is a name worth remembering, but typically if you're a kicker, if you're not hearing the name, then that's typically a good thing. So uh, I'm going to double down on that. Not a great day of special teams. I love me some Oscar Bradburn, um, but we only saw him one time. So I actually passed up on the, uh, on the, on the Joy Awards. So the peanut gallery wow. will be happy about that. And that will give you two for next week, maybe. I don't know. you got some in your inventory now. If you don't take them, yeah, maybe I'll have room for two. Ooh, so we'll see. Ooh. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> nice. we'll have to we'll Ooh, see. Man. Some hot bing, 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 bing. <laughs> uh, for for the joy for for Grayson of the day is even though he was only out there once, uh, I, I do have to give it to Oscar Bradburn. I I am a firm believer that he is the best punter in the country right now, and that is unbiased, folks. Uh, 
Also, he was a finalist for the Ray Guy Award recently, and we we didn't vote for him enough, which is bullcrap. He totally... Hokie Nation. Come on. Like, you know what? Like, no. Like, Hold on. Uh, you need to get. You need to. You're going like. You're going like 50 right now and a 45. We need to be going about 75 worth five points and a revoked license on this subject here. <laughs> Guys, give me a second here. Oscar Bradburn is up for punter of the nation for the week. I was slacking this to coworkers and saying, this guy's from Australia. He's awesome. Vote for him. Yeah, sure. No problem. There is no reason this dude should not have won that award. And you know what? The NCAA or Ray Guy or whoever the little tweeby back there who's deciding how these rules are made decides, oh, it's a popularity contest, so we're going to do it that way. Well, you know what? Oscar Bradburn is an immigrant to the United States of America. He doesn't have all of his former students, former homeboys, former homegirls, all of his, all of his, uh, all of his peanut gallery people up in his stuff, posting, <laughs> posting, uh, posting uh, flyers all around. Vote for Oscar. Vote for O. And you know what? It's on us. And it offends me that we did not pull through for him. And you know what? If he is on there again, I am taking it. I am holding it personally responsible to Virginia Tech fans to make that happen. So I'm sorry if I came in a little hot there. I came in a little angry. We got to do better for Oscar Bradburn. Love Oscar Bradburn. And Oscar Bradburn loves being the best punter in the nation. But you know what? If the NCAA is going to make crazy rules, then we got to abide by him and try to win. So that's just how it – that's just the real spill. That's the real spill. Just real throwing, a, a, throwing another punt the, on the barbie, mate. That's, what? that's what I have to say. <laughs> let's, let's put another shrimp on the barbie. On the barbie. That's what they say there. That is exa- yeah. Yep, that's exactly what they say there. That is, that's, 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 that's what they say in Australia. <laughs> Shout I gotta say, to I gotta say, not to go on another tangent, but one time, the, his first day in there, like, again, I'm like this weird, like, I'm a junior in college still figuring out. I was just a kid. And I go up to him and I'm like, yo, dude, you eat at Outback? He goes, no, I actually hate Outback. And I was like, all right, I look like a jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> we joke about it to this day. But, um, Succulent sirloin. Yeah, come I on. He's, I bet he's never had it. We need to yeah. get him on that voice. That'd be a great, uh, that'd be a great job once he's, uh, once he's done punting in the league for however long. As long as we vote for him for the damn Ray Guy Awards. So be better. Yeah, come on, people. Come <sighs> on, boys. Come on. So, guys. All right. Last one. All right, let's go. The Foo Crew offense, Hendon Hooker out of Greensboro. Dudley Dudley High School, Dudley Academy. I don't know the uh, specifics, but had another great day under center. 2-0 and as a starter. Uh, 1-0 in conference. 1-0 against FCS. But all that matters is that W in the, the win column. Um, no turnovers. Did another great job. I'm... I'm proud of the guy, and I can't wait to see what he does for us the rest of the year. Phil. Boom. I'm going with Deshaun McLeese. We mentioned it earlier. Guy's a dog. Guy goes over there and makes an acrobatic catch like he works for Cirque du Soleil. Could have got really upset about it. Didn't get upset about it. Goes for 12 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Dude's almost averaging five yards a carry. Deshaun McLeese, Deshaun McLeese you are the first winner of my Foo Crew. Award. He won fifty percent of my awards this week. Fifty percent. That's hot. Yeah. What That's about you, G? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> for for my food crew, you know, I uh, th- this is going to be the pot calling the kettle black because I know I roasted you for for agreeing with Pat Bill on Alan Tisdale, but I'm gonna, you know what? Sue me and and take me away, Papa. Because <laughs> because I agree with Pat. Hendon Hooker. Pat said it all. No turnovers. He's dropping dimes. He he's really getting in the rhythm of this offense, and I I cannot wait to see what he does for us going forward. So can't disagree with that. But I'm yeah. going to shout out the T unit as well. The tight end room. You guys are doing awesome stuff. Keep it yeah. up. Yeah, love it. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything else? In ten percent, as Ooh, Bill would say. There we go. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There we go. There we go, guys. Put it on a T-shirt. Let's go. Put it on a T. Put it on a Put it on a T-shirt, baby. There we go. Any other points before we preview UNC really quickly? Moving on. (laughs) UNC next week. Not even next week. It's coming in there. It's coming in a few days. We will all be there in Blacksburg. Got some special things we're thinking about. We got a little live show. Are we doing a live show? We're doing a live show. ESPN Blacksburg. Friday. Yeah. 
Friday at 5 p.m., all three of us will be on ESPN Blacksburg with the great Paul Van Wagner uh, on the drive at 5 o'clock p.m. I'm pretty sure I just said that. But regardless, for emphasis, 5 p.m., please tune in. Uh, And if you see us at a tailgate, if you see us in lot one walking around, come say hey. Come dap us up. We're just people, just like you, uh, and, and and I promise uh, we, we we don't bite, and we'd love to talk hockey football. Grayson, also just to just to clarify, um, where is it on the AM? Is it on the FUM? Uh, it is where it, it's actually on both. Uh, oh. You have Ooh. you have three different options for for listening to the drive on Friday. You can catch it on ninety three point one FM eight. 1-0 a.m. and 97.1 FM. That is ESPN Blacksburg, The Drive, hosted by the great Paul Van Wagner. Grayson, Pat, would you guys say that you have options to pick the channel, so it's up to you whichever one is preferentiary? Is that is that probably oh. the best way to, <laughs> to describe the situation? There, there it is. There it is. I mean, honestly, it's, it's whatever floats your boat, as long as you can... Uh, as long as you tune in, we're going to be talking go. about the podcast. We're going to be talking about some hokey football. So, uh, so give us a little listen. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big weekend. So that's at five. Actually, shout out um, hokey soccer men's soccer host Notre Dame at five thirty uh, at Thompson Field. It's actually going to be a great, uh, great event for me. My brother's on the team at Notre Dame. Shout out Brian. Uh, so I'm going to be hustling over there after our little radio show. So that should be fun. And also, we got Grayson's birthday this weekend, too. So uh, a big weekend, a big homecoming. We're all going to be in the same spot at once. It's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm actually RVing down with some buddies, too. So uh, And that'll be a first time for there. But, um, yeah, let, let's jump into, the, uh, jump into the game here. What are we thinking? What am I thinking? UNC is actually a very relatively young football team. UNC is coached by Mac Brown, who is having a little bit of a career renaissance here. Here are my thoughts. I think Virginia Tech has yet to have their best offensive scoring game yet. I also think Virginia Tech is going to be extremely motivated in this game, but uh, Coach Foster is going to do an unbelievable job getting them ready to play. Hendon Hooker, the team's playing behind him. He's smart with the football. We're at home. I love the fact that we're at home. Everybody needs to show the hell up to the game. That's just straight up again. That's just a real spill. Um, and um, I'm confident. I really am. I, I'm confident heading into this game. I like the Hokies to win, and I like the Ho- I like it to be a close game, but a one-score Hokie win. Yeah, it looks like um, Carolina's favored by three here, but. Um... Let's zoom out and talk about, I mean, the Coastal has been crazy. It's been very crazy. I know Dwight Vick has uh, posted a number of tweets about teams coming off a bye and losing their game off of a bye. Uh, Florida State lost to Clemson. Um, Miami lost to us. UVA lost to Miami. Carolina's coming off a bye against us now. So uh, let's, let's see us continue the trend here. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be one of the bigger Carolina games in Lane Stadium. I think this is the biggest, you know, biggest time Carolina's or the biggest game Carolina's coming into Lane since Frank's last game uh, in 2015. So we got to show up, we got to be loud, and we got to want it. And I think the game plan is gonna be great. I think uh, I think we're gonna pull out all the stops and uh, get the dub. But it's gonna be close, and we're gonna need everyone to. Uh, to deliver here. I think Trey Turner is going to play a big part in the vertical game. Uh, you know, we saw Hendon throw it deep a little bit. Um, and I think having Trey is really going to enhance that too. Um, and yeah. What about you, Grayson? Honestly, man, I'm completely gassed. I'm going to be there coming from uh, all the way in sunny California. IA. Uh, I fly in Thursday evening. Uh, I, I will be honest. I am nervous for the game. It, it UNC is kind of an anomaly like we are. You know, they hang in there close with Clemson, yet they lose to Appalachian State, who, to Appalachian State's credit, is pretty darn good this season. So I don't really know what to expect. 
I have no idea what to expect. I think it's going to be close. I think Bill has a great prediction there with a one-score victory by the Hokies. I could totally see that happening. I could see it being the other way and having UNC beat us by a touchdown. It was close last year, 22-19. I'm nervous for the game, but more than anything, man, it's my birthday weekend, and I'm just going to be happy to be home, dude. It's homecoming. There's a lot going on. Um, so, so come find me, man. And, uh, let's, let's have a beer. Looking forward to it. 110%. You guys want to knock out these, uh, letters from the lunch pail? Let's do it. Oh yeah. Not really a question, but a fun fact from the, uh, from VT fan at hokey fan seven, seven, eight. How Carsten? How crazy is it? Carsten. (laughs) (laughs) How crazy is it that since Floyd is suspended for the first half, we are not starting any seniors on Saturday. I'm just going to weigh in and say, pretty damn crazy. You guys want to uh, try to you guys want to field that question? Uh, yeah. It's, go ahead, it, go ahead. It, hey, Carson, uh, it's, it's like Bill said, it's pretty damn crazy. No, it's weird. Uh, the, the fact uh, the seniors are the, leader on the, the leaders on the team, and because Reggie Floyd will be out for the first half due to the targeting call on the second half of the Rhode Island game, uh, that's wild. That's that's wild. I, I could not tell you the last time that that's happened. But the young guys have seemed to have been rising to the occasion, and I, I think that this coming weekend will be no different. Yeah, I uh, echo that. I mean, you got to come with the same attitude here. Even though Reggie's not going to be on the field, I, I hope he is able to bring that intensity and that energy during the first half on the sideline, and I'm sure he is. He's going to be chomping at the bit to get back into the game, uh, you know. Once once we come out for the second half, and I think he's going to play a great game. I I, um, I know he's had his struggles this year, but I think he's really going to take you know take yesterday and go to work this week and come out strong in the second half. But yeah, I mean, to the question, like it is kind of wild not having a single senior on the entire eleven man defense uh, in the rotation. It's going to be different. But, uh, you know, there are leaders who emerge. You don't need to be a senior to be a leader. And I think guys like, um, you know, guys like Ashby are going to be, um, you know, pumping this team up. Question number two from Hayden Cleek. Hayden underscore Cleek. Hayden, how's it going? The 2018 recruiting class is loaded specifically on the defensive side of the ball. What are the realistic expectations for what this class should be able to accomplish by the time they graduate? I am not going to lie to you. I'm not, I'm not really into the – I know. I understand that recruiting is important. I understand that you need to do a good job recruiting. But so much can change in terms of people coming, people going, coaches changing, coaches coming and going from position coaches and everything like that. Um, so – I don't really like to think of, you know, there's this class coming in, there's this expectation, and if you hit it, it's this, or if you don't hit it, it's this. Um, I will say that that 2018 class is awesome. I am fired up for it. Um, But at the end of the day, I really think, I don't mean to, you know, sound boring, but it really, like, the most important thing is, like, just win tomorrow, or win next week, win the week after that, and just kind of take it one game at a time, develop each player, and just try to get the most out of each player. Yeah, I think I think 2018's been solid so far. I mean, you got guys like Dax, Trey Turner, um, you know, Chamari, Alan Tisdale, Jermaine Waller, who you know are kind of like the four or five guys who have made an immediate impact. Tizzy, um, Tizzy, Caleb Stewart, Eli Adams getting a lot of playing time. Um, you know, Darisaw on the offensive line was great. I know he got banged up yesterday. Hopefully, he's good and. Um, you know, then you got some guys who might be, you know, taking more of a backseat this year, but um, you know, still will I think have a future as impact players. Uh, really want to see Jeremy Jeremy Webb on the field at some point. Um, you know, he was a JUCO transfer, uh, but you know, I, I think this class should have pretty high expectations moving forward. And next year is really going to be when uh, you know um, the evaluation of this recruiting class is. Uh, gonna, you know, kind of going to be a make or break. I agree. I mean, uh, there, there are um, there's a, there's so much talent in that recruiting class. Um, James Mitchell too. I forgot him. Yep. 
and and it's um, it'll be interesting to see how how they develop. They're, they've already developed so much, and going forward, um, it's very promising. Given the given the circumstances, like James Mitchell, baller, Dax Hollifield, great, Tisdale, playing his playing his heart out, um, guys like that who are who are just playmakers and they're not afraid to be on the field and the coaches trust them. I think it's very promising. Uh, expectations, you got. I don't think you can ever put a a complete price on that or say they're gonna do this because you just don't know. But uh, I have high hopes. I have high hopes. When when you roll out the red carpet for guys like that, they better perform. And so far, for the most part, they are. Another question. Just uh, this one's actually um, post start of the pod, so they were still filing in after uh, we started the podcast. But it comes from Andy Bird, um, and it's related. Uh, it says, "What do you think the keys are to winning three more games in order to keep the bull streak alive? Do you think that we can win more than three? And who do we beat? First and foremost, the most important thing is we're going to need to win more than three. Um, the bowl streak number is seven. Oh, no. So then, yeah, three is, it is three. Okay. So we're going to need to three, win three more games. Um, what do I think the most important thing is? Honestly, it's the development of Hendon Hooker and um, just that defense to come along. And also, I really think – I think I mentioned this earlier. If I didn't, I'm sorry. We need to do a better job keeping Hendon Hooker clean. Hendon Hooker has taken some really vicious, mm-hmm. brutal hits. Uh, it seems like every time he's throwing the ball, he's getting chopped down at the knees, he's getting hit in the back, he's getting hit in the shoulder. Um, we really have to do a good job of keeping him healthy. Because, look, at the end of the day, if he gets hurt, I mean, obviously that's a serious issue. So I think, uh, I think that his health, the development of these young players, and the continual and gradual improvement – and not buy-in from a want to play hard, but buy-in and trust of the defensive backfield for one another, I think that's huge as well for the long-term success of this team. Pat? Yeah, so like three games, you know, how many we got? We got six left. Um, so that's Carolina, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, UVA. I see at least three wins there. I'm the eternal optimist. Stamp it on my forehead. <laughs> but uh, I think we will make a bowl because of Hendon Hooker. Um, Hendon has got this team on the move. He's 2-0 and as a starter. And as long as we have defensive help and defensive development, this team should win games. We play in the softest division in college football. It shouldn't be hard to win three games. But, you know, we were saying that last year, and look what happened at the end of the year. So, I think we should. I think we should win three or four. Um, but really, <laughs> from here to uh, to the end of November, it, every game is pretty much a coin flip unless we see some major development. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I still think every game is a coin flip. I think the UNC game is going to teach us a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that question right now. Of are we going to win three more games if we win against UNC? I think we do, um, but right now, it, like we got UNC, we got uh, we got Notre Dame, Wake Forest, GT, Pitt, and UVA. Pittsburgh scares me. Not gonna lie, Georgia Tech is abysmal this year. I think we fi- I think Fuente finally beats the Jackets. Uh, Wake Forest, don't know. They lost yesterday, but I still think they're really good. I'm going to be completely honest. I think Notre Dame has their way with us. Um, and then UVA is always just, uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a streak there. But uh, that game, I don't I don't care how good we are, how bad they are, how good they are, how bad we are. That game always makes me nervous. And I, can ne- I will never, ever predict that game. I just don't know. Next question. VT Hokies, that lunch pail D. A little bit of a footballsy question, lunch pail D. I think a uh, big football guy here. Why aren't we having our tight ends run more traditional routes, such as drags, crossing patterns, and posts? It seems like we only utilize a talented group with screen passes and reverses in red zone situations. Um, I think that Virginia Tech, uh, when healthy, which we are not right now, has dynamic wide receivers that stress the field and do an unbelievable job of attacking the middle of the field and down the field with Hazleton and Patterson and Turner. Um, so there's a lot of talent there. Grimsley. I, 
Uh, and Grimsley as well. My apologies. Um, <laughs> I think that the tight end group is crucial in the fact that there's a lot of blocking and a lot of chipping going on with the young offensive line that we have in place right now. So it's it, it's important to have them able to uh, spend you know a second and a half or so uh, helping the tackles there if you have a good defensive end or something like that. Um, but it's it's it, I think it's going to come and I think it's going to develop. I think again it comes down to. Hooker's been quarterback for two weeks. Everybody's kind of adjusting to it and trying to understand, you know, how to play, trust the system, learn, and, and again, not buy in from a play hard perspective, but kind of, you know, trust one another. And they're probably not, everything obviously is not shown yet. So um, I think once we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this ACC schedule, you're going to start to see some more changes there. And look, we hit Mitchell on the si- uh, down the field on the sideline before. We had that nice little sneak out Ryan Malik play last week. Um, so I think the tight end group is something that has been a ton of fun to watch develop and get better and, and kind of morph into what it's become so far, and I'm excited for the future of it. Uh, Pat, go ahead. Go sign. I don't have much to add to, uh, to your point there. You're the football guy. You played on the team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just more of the fan here, but uh, you, know, you, you summed it up. Bill hit the nail on the head there. I got gotcha. you. And then uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for the double down. Is Hunter guaranteed a guaranteed start in first after Floyd targeting, or do we get to see Ladler get some burn instead? I think it'll be a healthy dose of both. Uh, mm-hmm. I really, um, I think they're both dynamic players that play really hard. Obviously, with Ladler, you're going to get more experience. Um, but I think, again, this is an opportunity where both will need to uh, fill in and have prominent roles. So uh, we'll see. If I had to, if I had to guess. Um, I think they both rotate, but they probably start Hunter. I agree. Yeah. I, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, I was going to say um, both have seen the field substantially this year, and this is kind of a uh, an opportunity for both of them to make a name for themselves in Reggie's absence, even if it's just one one half of play. Uh, but you know, in a high stakes ACC game at home, you're really going to be able to put on a show. Uh, so here's the floor. Yeah, I mean, Hunter, I would love nothing more than to see him come out next week and then start him and let the kid ball. He was so highly recruited, one of our highest overall rated recruits that we've ever gotten. Um, He's struggled a little bit, hasn't necessarily lived up to the hype. I still think there's something there. I've seen his, his huddle tape. I still think he's a really talented kid uh, and really, really want to see him ball out given as much as we put into recruiting him. It's like, let him start, let him start, get out there, get his confidence up and see what the kid can do. Um, that's, that's kind of my take on it. I really want to see no, number seven in the first yeah. half a lot next, next week. Yeah. And a little, little fun fact about Devin Hunter, Devin Hunter's first offer when he was in seventh grade came from North Carolina. So uh, Ooh. there's there's a nugget. There's a little nugget. I want to I, I want to double down on what Grayson said as well. I really want to tip my cap to Devin Hunter because it would have been very easy with the way the first couple years went, not due to his ability or his drive, but just kind of you know obviously needing to learn a lot. And um, you know you, you get these guys, and it's not just oh this guy runs fast and he's strong, he's ready to play right now. So much more of it is situational, and it would have been really easy for him to get frustrated or um, you know, people to start questioning his ability and questioning his uh, and other things. And he's come to work every single day and put himself in a position to where you know, I would love nothing more than to see him play in that first half and make plays and, and just kind of really have a chance to show out. But at the end of the day, he's working super hard. He's a likable kid. Um, from everything that I know about him, he you know is is very dedicated to this craft and working extremely hard. So I really do want to tip my cap to Devin Hunter, and um, you know I bet it does pay off. So um, we're really looking forward to that as well. Shout out to Rob Irby as well. Um, you asked a similar question to one we answered before about what needs to change for this team moving forward uh, to get to a bowl game and potentially contend for the coastal look again it comes down to one game at a time gotta gotta uh, work hard every week gotta attack every day and um you know we'll see this is a huge game this weekend and i'm really really fired up for it and fired up to be with you guys um anybody have any other uh thoughts or uh questions for the lunch pail here shout out 
uh, to our ticket winner this week. He tweeted Ooh. a picture. Shout out to Pete. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he, he tweeted a picture from from the stands, uh, and, and we hope you enjoy the game, man. Um, we, we, we really do over here. I'm, I'm glad that that worked out for you and that you were able to take somebody or a significant other or whoever it may be. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for retweeting and, uh, you know, help, 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 helping us getting our name out there as well. Uh, we're going to be doing some more giveaways similar to that throughout the rest of the season, throughout the, uh, down the line here. Um, so that should be exciting too. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to see you guys in Blacksburg and uh, have a great weekend. You know. Looking forward to it, everybody. Any closing thoughts? Anything else for you guys? I think Hokies, I think the Hokies get the job done this weekend. I'm fired up. I cannot wait to see Captain Hook in person. Any other closing thoughts? <laughs> all I'll, all I'll say is that the Hokies record on my birthday weekend is pretty solid. Uh, we, we've, we've won four games on my birthday in my life. Uh, and while the 19th is not my actual birthday, it is my birthday weekend. So I'm feeling good, baby. Let's go Hokies. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying we've won four games in the 23 or 24 years you've been alive. You're saying on the actual day. On the actual day. Because okay. that's yeah. not a formidable record if, you, if we were four and, and 19. But okay. Thank you so much. Tune in. Follow us, Sons of Saturday. On, uh, rate and on, subscribe. Rate, subscribe. Take other people's phones. Rate and subscribe. We will be talking to you soon.